Hello, everyone. My name's Abed. Actually, it's not Abed. People have been calling me Abed since maybe 2007. My mom sometimes calls me that. But my real name's Abdurrahman. Means the, means the slave of the most merciful. Yeah, it's a long name. A little bit hard to say. So, Abid is easier. Abid means slave. When I moved to America, people wanted to call me Abdul and Abdul. But I'm just, I wanted something different. So, I told people Abid, Abid, and it stuck. And now, even my family calls me Abid. It worked out for me. A lot of people told me they like my voice when I sing voice notes. So it gave me confidence to always send them. Some women told me it was hot. Well, a lot of women told me it was. So I enjoy sending voice notes, you know, and saying some uh, things some of them want to hear. But this is not why I'm here today. I'm here for a different reason, you know. Um. My whole life I've been in and out of therapy, but not so recently for the past few years I let go of it, you know. I like when people listen to me. I like holding an audience. I like telling stories. And I think I'm going to start telling my life story. It's a big one. It was a crazy one. It was a journey. An adventure. A disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster, I would say. So, um, I once tried to write, but this is a lot easier, because thoughts could just come to your mind, you know? And I think I'll enjoy this more than writing. You see, I'm 28 years old, and I feel like I failed in life already. I feel like my purpose passed me already. I know I'm not that old. A lot of people will say that. And they'll say, you have a long life ahead of you, but no one knows how long life is. No one does. Only God knows. I could live until 80. I could die tomorrow. So, when I say what I say, it is how I feel. I've always been a self-aware person. I never lied to myself. I never sugarcoated things for myself. I always told myself how it was and how it is and what it's going to be. See, I was born in Iraq, in Baghdad. I was born to a religious family. My mother and father prayed and wanted to see us pray also. They wanted us to have connection with God. They wanted us to have a purpose, to believe in something. And that something is God. We are Muslims. And we believed in Allah. Allah means God, you know. So, growing up, my parents made sure that we prayed and, and we understood what religion was. And how to follow it. And what was good and what was bad. And what was liked and disliked. We grew up on it, you know. It was something we despised and enjoyed at the same time. 
because we don't want to pray five times a day. But at the same time, we don't want to lose that connection because it connected us to our family and it connected us to God. I grew up in a big household. Four boys and one girl. My mom and dad had us young, I would say. They got, they met, they got married, and uh, they started popping babies one after another. See, my mom was always out of my dad's league. My mom comes from a rich family. My mom was educated. My dad came from a poor family. He never even finished uh, middle school. And my mom's brother lived right next door to my grandma house. So my mom one day came knocking on her brother's door and he wasn't there. And she knew that sometimes my brother, my uncle's wife, hang out at my grandma house. So she knocked the door at my grandma house. This happened in the, in 1991 or 1990. There was no phones at the time or there was or something. So she knocked on the door. My dad opened the door and he was just. I think that it was love at first sight. You know, he ran back inside and he told my grandma, Mom, Mom, there's this beautiful woman outside. And he didn't even know how to talk to my mom, so he sent his mom outside. And after that, my dad said he will marry her and deposit her whole family not wanting it to happen. He made it happen. When my dad married my mom, they had nothing. They didn't have no money. They lived in a studio apartment that was part of one of my aunt's houses the kitchen the bedroom and everything in one room little they knew a few years later my dad was rich and had his own villa but we'll get to that later but yeah sometimes uh, love will make you do things motivates you and my dad loved my mom and he married her, deposit all odds. And he built whatever he needed to build that her family thought he wouldn't accomplish and gave her everything she wanted. I was born on a Monday after midnight on July 5th of 1993. When I was born, there was a war between Iraq and Iran. It was bad times for my country. I was born when it was war. I left when it was war. I lived through war. You know, these years where everything was bad in Iraq, there was there was a lot going on. The country was in trouble. You know, we were at war with Iran. We were at war with Kuwait and the Desert Storm in America. We grew up very well, you know. My father provided everything for us. He was very generous, but he was hard at the same time. I remember cussing the first time I ever cussed. I went outside and I heard somebody say, fuck your mother. And I went back inside and my sister pissed me off and I said, fuck your mother. I was young. I don't remember. I think this is one of my earliest memories. My dad beat me so bad for it. I remember to this day I was hiding from him, behind him, and he beat me with a belt. I didn't cuss until the day he died, at least not out loud. You know, they say sometimes, 
you know, that type of discipline doesn't uh, help what it did with me. Oh, well, it did back then. But yeah. So yeah, my dad was very generous with us. My mom was very conservative. My dad gave us money from here. He didn't even give us money. He used to tell us, you know where my money is. You know where I leave money. You know where my wallet is. Just take whatever you want. My mom sees that and she takes the money back from us. She used to always say, one day we will not have this and you'll be spoiled. And you will not know how to live without. Which is crazy. If I feel like my mom kind of predicted the future. But I wish we would have enjoyed what my dad had to offer at that time. But, oh well. I guess my mom was a lot smarter than my dad was. I never knew that. I always thought my dad was the smartest son of a bitch alive. Until I grew up and knew what my mom was. My mom was ten times as smart as my dad and every man I know. But yeah, we have time for that also. So we were born in Baghdad. We moved a few times growing up. My dad found out he, the villa he bought belonged to some people that were kicked out that had Irani roots. People that had roots from Iran that lived in Baghdad got kicked out by the government and their houses got sold for cheaper prices to Iraqi citizens. So my, my father found out that we were living in a house that belonged to a person that got ripped out of it and didn't get a penny for it. He sold the house and moved right out because he didn't want to live in a place where someone suffered. So, um, yeah, well, this is my first 10 minutes on a podcast. See you again soon. I'm going to try to record uh, 10 minutes every day. So, my mind always goes back to a day, you know. I feel like that day kind of changed my whole life and a lot of people's lives, you know. We were at a soccer game. My father was playing. He used to get together with his friends and go to this place and play football or soccer, whatever you call it. My dad had one of these satellite phones. This happened in 2003, actually. So uh, my mom was calling my dad, telling him to come back home and that dinner was ready. So my dad finished the game and we went home. He always took me to these things. I was uh, the oldest son. So we were eating dinner and we turned the news on and we watched airplanes fly into towers. And everybody was going crazy about it on the news. People were talking about a terrorist attack and things like that. And we kept asking questions, me and my sister. We asked my dad, what is this, what's happening? He said, it's way too, it's really far away. It has nothing to do with us. That was his response. I will never forget these words. He never knew that. What happened that day will cost him his life, actually. But his words exactly were, this happened far away and it has nothing to do with us. Little he knew that it had everything to do with us. Life moved on for a little bit. Shortly after, there was more news. 
My mom liked to turn the news on, so we used to listen about America declaring war against terrorism in Afghanistan and how Iraq had weapons of mass destruction and all these things. And she told my dad, do you remember when you said this had nothing to do with us? Look, they are talking about that we have part in this and whatnot. My dad just told her it's just news. Just turn it off. They're just talking. And then there was a talk of, uh, after a few days, there was a talk of uh, Iraq being invaded. We didn't understand what the word invasion meant, you know. My dad used to, and mom used to wake us up for uh, prayer, for prayer time. And there was some news on Iraq will be attacked on this day. So my mom and dad put mattresses for us in their room and they let us sleep there with them. So they woke us up for the morning prayer. It was like before dawn. And for Muslims, before they pray, when they get up, they wash, you know. So we got up to wash and we heard one of the most scariest voices you'll ever hear. It was the the alarm system for raid for like an air raid. It was a long um, the long siren, and it was crazy. We were terrified. I remember that moment. I'll never forget it. It just kept going. was shaken all the streets the cars on the street that had alarm system started going off because the cars were shaking so the it triggered the alarms in the cars that was terrifying all you hear is bombs dropping our own house was shaken you could hear just the car alarm system going off and then at the same time the siren going off it got so close that one of our windows um, went out from the pressure from the bombs. We lived close by to an army base, very close, not even a half kilometer away. So it was getting bombed, and it was terrifying. My dad and mom gathered us and put us under the stairs. I guess at the time they heard that if a bomb falls on a house, the stairs is one of the strong, under the steps is like one of the strongest spots or gives you the biggest chances of survival. So they kept us there. We huddled there for a while. And the bombs just kept going off and it kept getting closer and closer. It felt like it was in our own backyard. At that moment, my dad wanted to go upstairs on the roof and see what was happening. And my mom begged him not to. My dad was hard-headed, you know. And he kept trying, and she started crying. She was like, please, I don't want a bomb to fall on the house, and I die alone with the kids. I want you here near me. Felt like this kept going on forever, but it didn't actually. I don't remember exactly how long it lasted for, but it stopped. 
but we didn't leave under the steps. We were terrified. Oh, it felt like hours, and then uh, we left under the steps. The bombing stopped. My dad went outside. A bomb had fell on the corner of our street and it destroyed the whole house. There was a family that lived there. One of their kids went to school with us. His name is Ron. Always remember him. Everybody was outside. Everybody was asking questions. People in their pajamas and their night robes and everything, you know. People terrified. They don't know what's happening, what's going on. We found soldiers running away from the army base begging for people for uh, clothes to wear. Something civilian, you know, some regular clothes. They just wanted to throw away their uh, army uniforms and run away. The word was that we got attacked. Our government was going down. Electricity went out. Water wasn't running. They made sure they attack all the water towers and electricity towers. So they cut us off completely. No phones, no TV, nothing. We didn't know what was happening. All we knew that we were under attack. We didn't even know why. I guess uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction and then we had something to do with that. Planes going to towers and a whole different universe. It was crazy. At the time, it felt like something we used to see on TV. My dad used to love war movies, so he used to always rent them out for us, and uh, and we used to watch them. And it was just like that. And so, the Americans finally came through. They bombed everything. They bombed every military base. They bombed the palaces. They bombed anything that was that belonged to the government. And they attacked a lot of civilian buildings also just because, you know, it's part of war. Talking about this giving me anxiety. I'm having a panic attack right now, actually. I could barely breathe right now. I haven't thought about this in a long time. One of my biggest issues is I get physical symptoms when I have a panic attack or anxiety. My heart starts hurting. I feel like I'm going to die. It's terrible. For years and years, I never knew the cause of it. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what anxiety was or depression. I didn't know what PTSD was, post-traumatic stress disorder. And then you broke the words down. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. Something that comes after a traumatic experience that leaves you traumatized. And your feelings inside could actually hurt you physically. And here I am. I experienced every part of it. (sighs) Breathing sometimes helps. I'm trying to distract myself. Alcohol. But uh, my 10 minutes is almost up. So I'll see you guys again tomorrow.